0: Well, good morning, Newvine. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing great. Hey, um, well, if we haven't met, my name is Isaac. Um, I'm a part of the staff team here and am looking forward to and honoured to be sharing with you this morning um, a series that is sort of unpacking a bit of our strategic plan for the next couple of years. But I think DJ summed it up really well last week Sort of going, this is what's next. Turn to the person next and say, what's next? What's next? Um, as mentioned, as a staff and a lead team, we have been sort of asking God that question. What is next? What's next for our church? Um And there's a bunch of sort of key things that we feel the Lord is leading us um, towards. If you missed last week, DJ sort of launched this uh, mini-series, and I really encourage you to jump online and give it a listen. Um, In a snapshot, it was a passage from Jeremiah 29 that in essence says, when the city flourishes, you flourish. And DJ did a great job of talking about what does that look like for our church? What does that look like for our community to flourish, um, with that idea of when it flourishes, we flourish. Um, And we as a church have the opportunity to be a part of um, being Jesus to our city, believing that, again, as it flourishes, everything in it and around it and through it flourishes also. Um, So that was a really good way to start that. Thank you, DJ. And we've got uh, sort of four more key areas that we are going to be looking at um, over the next couple of weeks, but I'm not going to let you the, not going to let the cat out of the bag. You're just going to have to keep showing up to find out what they are. But this week we are looking um, at what it looks like for our next generations to flourish, um, and we framed this as build our next generations' ministries, attendance, and faith. So this is sort of a key area for us going in the next bunch of years. We want the young people of our church to flourish in a number of areas. What does it look like for the young people to grow in their love for one another, their love for our community, but ultimately their love for God and their desire to reflect Jesus? Now, the good news this morning is I have two people that are going to help me unpack this. that might be better news for you, because you have a few more voices than mine this morning. Um, Libby Taylor and Isaac are going to join me in a moment to sort of share their heart for what this next season looks like uh, in their respective sort of roles. But before they do, um, what I want us to do is just quickly throw our attention back to earlier in the year. Um, If you're not remembering this, don't worry about it. But some of you may remember that myself, Libby, and Isaac, um, at the start of the year, who form our Next Generations team here at New Vine, uh, shared our goals for this year. And it was sort of a six-month plan going, okay, in this next six months, in the areas of kids, youth, and young adults, where do we want to head to? And I did think that it would probably be a bit wrong for us to talk about all the goals for next year, when you guys are like, hang on a minute, did you even land the first ones? And we just brush them to the side. So this is sort of going to be twofold. We're going to let you know um, some exciting things that have happened over the past six months, but also some bigger things that are in the pipeline. So that six-month goal was um, by July, we will move out of maintenance mode and create a place where families love to be, to which they would invite others move out of maintenance mode and be a place families love to be. Now, this wasn't a reflection on um, where children's ministry was at necessarily or the volunteers and the teams involved. So please don't hear it as that. But eyeballing, really, the effect that COVID had. Where we'd been in this season where we were meeting together and then we got locked down and then we got back together for a little bit and we got shut down again. We had families in lockdown. We had leaders in lockdown. And it was really hard to run ministries in any mode other than maintenance for a while. But uh, we want want to move out of that. We don't want to come back off COVID and just park out in maintenance mode, but we want to be a place where kids and families love to be. And a few just key areas there were, um, first, we wanted to wow families with our welcome. Okay, A bunch of these you won't have heard. That's okay. But in essence, we were like, any family, whether they're a New Viner or a visitor, we want them to walk in and go, oh, we know where stuff is. Wow, people were really friendly. We know where kids' stuff is. We know where to sign in and move, remove any obstacles that may have been in the way for people and families and kids being a part of our church. We wanted to create safe, fun and inviting spaces for our kids and Did a bunch of those, as you will hear in a moment. We've redid some rooms. We, through your generosity and a very generous donation of synthetic grass, we were able to overhaul the kids' courtyard, which is now like a mini World Cup every Sunday afternoon. Go have a look. It's great. Um, We wanted to include and champion children and families in our services consistently. So as an adult, I want to say thank you for putting up with the maracas. Okay? But kids like them, so they're staying. Because it indicates we value kids, and if that's what they need to feel a part of this broader congregation, well, it's going to stay because kids are important. If you've got other instruments you want to recommend, talk to Libby. The recorder. The recorder. (laughs) We're going to give every kid a kazoo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 going on the list. Another thing was we would inspire, recruit, and train teams of enthusiastic ministry volunteers. And we would identify a couple of key strategies that help vineyards—sorry, uh, help families call New Vine home. So they have sort of been chugging along in the background for the last six months. And it has been a lot of fun. And by the grace of God, we've seen a whole bunch of those things um, be a success. A whole bunch of those goals achieved. Um... And whether you are in the family's stage or not, uh, I hope that you are excited by those things and the sense that we are moving forwards in how it is we create a space that the next generation love to be in, that we would buck against the trend of young people leaving the church, but rather kids grow up here and love being a part of it. So uh, that's enough from me. I'm going to invite, and could you welcome Libby and Isaac up? And um, we're going to have a bit of a chat. All right. Um, so many of you will know these guys, but for those that don't, uh, are you able to just tell us who you are, uh, family, what you do, and why you're here? How'd you end up here?
1: Oh, how long do you have? <laughs> um, I'm Libby, um, and I have uh, the most beautiful family in the world, I'm married to Josh. Um, he's amazing just the best person you could know um, and we have two beautiful girls who are five and three um, Evangeline is our eldest which is coincidentally like the one I just dedicated and um, Maggie is our, our youngest um, I'm a primary school teacher trained as a primary school teacher I teach still uh, part-time in a Christian school I uh, have for almost 10 years and um, this is my first uh, year in paid ministry at the church and it's been a wild one but an amazing one as well
0: Yeah, and your primary area of responsibility?
1: Yes, so I have kids and families, so kind of the kids under middle school age.
0: And can you just share what has been um, a highlight or an encouragement for you the past six months?
1: Um, I think the past six months I've been really encouraged by um, the way that our families have just embraced coming back to church after COVID been so encouraged by um their attendance um the attendance has really ramped up this year and um as DJ mentioned earlier it's hard to get young kids here <laughs> on a Sunday morning um or even like the teenage years as well it's hard to get them here so I've just been so encouraged by people's um increasing attendance and and yet yeah, just coming back from COVID and being like yes we're committed to the church
2: very cool thanks Libby all right I'm Isaac if you don't know me already um what coffee do I do? extraordinaire I mean, uh, arista, I don't know about that, don't know about that. Um, I work as a carpenter with Isaac a couple of days a week. I also work for myself um, a day or so a week doing electrical stuff. And then I get to hang out with youth on a Friday night. So I'm uh, in charge of uh, youth ministry here at New Vine, which is a lot of fun. have a great uh, leadership team that uh, helps out on Friday, which is great. Um, is there another question? Well, you're also getting married which is pretty exciting that is also exciting yes that is <laughs> thats where. a, a highlight come on Isaac's getting married
0: <laughs> Isaac uh, is engaged to Taylor who some of you will know which is very exciting so next year March
2: March next year yes yeah very yep. cool plenty uh, to do in in that time I bet and sorry
0: same <laughs> question what's been um something exciting for you this past six months
2: Uh, Lots of exciting things, um, but particularly just at youth. um, The community that DIG Youth is, is really exciting to be a part of. Um, We've got kids that come from all stages and walks of life. Um, But yeah, kids with additional needs that just found that they're um, safe, that they're cared for, that they're loved. Um, And it's not even coming just from us as leaders, but actually from kids going, that's a new person or that's someone that needs... um, Help or yeah, just caring for one another, which is super exciting to see mm. yeah yeah
0: very cool. I'm lucky enough to be a part of youth with these guys and and periodically there, and youth has had this transition over the last sort of year or two where it's just been that generational rotation of leaders, and um, you have an awesome youth team, a youth team who like a year ago were a lot of the youth group, and have stepped into this role of running it. So it's quite a young team, but they are doing a great job. Um, tell us about those guys.
2: They are great. Have we got anyone in, in the room? Leaders? Yeah. Yep. There's a few They're a bit there. shy. Yeah. Love it. No, they are great. And uh, we have been all on a journey of growing as leaders and, and working out how it is that we run a youth group on a Friday night, which has been a heap of fun. Uh, there's been plenty of exciting times, plenty of challenging uh, times, but yeah, it's just awesome being part of a team that um, just has a heart to serve the community, has a heart to serve uh, youth um, of our church, um, and it's awesome to be a part of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: the same vein, Libby, on leaders. A big goal for the first six months of this year was trying to recruit a bunch of leaders. That's been a
1: success. It has, yes. <laughs> yes, we've had a huge growth um, of leaders uh, coming upstairs on a Sunday morning into our kids' ministries, um, which has been amazing. I, and I think the thing that stands out to me, in that is that uh, we put out a call back in february march when we were up here on the stage and i just kind of said look we're not interested in one mold of what a children's ministry leader looks like there is not i don't want clones of me um our kids come in all shapes and sizes and so our leaders should come in all shapes and sizes and ages as well and we've had some um really good like People have really taken that on. We've got some young... Some of our teens have stepped into um, being volunteers in our younger age groups. Some of our older generations have jumped in with the preschoolers and it's just so heartwarming to see. Um, And, yeah, just all ages have got... uh, We've got 20-ish volunteers that have just stepped into or stepped back into kids' ministry this year, um, which is huge. So thank you if you're one of those people here. I mean, a lot of them are upstairs right now, but... (laughs) Thank you if you're one of those people who answered that call. It's, um, yeah, really awesome. Yeah.
0: Yes, very true. Um, Well, it has been a very fun six months. I've loved working with these guys, and it's been fun to see our kids' sort of programs move forwards. Um, But it's not done yet, and we're not going to hold there and go into maintenance mode again. But there's a whole bunch of stuff that we would love to see happen. We had the chance to spend a day together, the three of us, sort of going, okay, for the next couple of years, what does... It look like in these areas of ministry. And we're going to share a few of those key sort of areas with you. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, I don't have kids or youth, so don't worry about it. Wrong. Because at the end of this, you're all getting recruited. Okay. You don't know it just yet, but it's going to happen. So you need to just pay attention. Can we lock the
1: doors at the front? That's right. That's right.
0: It's a requirement. Um, No, I I do encourage you to uh, Even if you don't feel like it's directly related to you or your stage of life or family, um, these are exciting things for our church to be a part of, not just our kids. Um, So the first one that we came up with, uh, one of these sort of key areas, was that we would like to develop a curriculum from birth to adulthood for our kids. Now, I know that doesn't sound particularly exciting when you start talking about kids ministry curriculum, but it's important. Um, and as said, this sort of came off the back of quite a practical six months where we went, there's a whole bunch of just sort of sign-in and facility stuff that we wanted to land, but going, all right, how is it that we map out a curriculum? How do we ensure that our kids um, are getting a sound sort of understanding of God and the Bible? Um, and so Libby, I might ask you, uh, for... Primary age kids, what does this look like and why?
1: So we've come up with this uh, plan to have a, uh, a cycle of curriculum where we're learning, teaching about the uh, big story of the Bible. Uh, and we plan to um, teach that in a way that is, uh, I guess, a way that we, we want to avoid the issue of our kids growing up into adulthood and then having things they have to unlearn. It's a challenge that... Um, That many of us who have grown up in a church would know um, of hearing Bible stories taught a certain way to kids, simplified, and then as you uh, get older, you have to kind of your mind's kind of blown by oh, hang on, wait, Jonah wasn't in a whale, and you know it's just all (laughs) referring to Isaac's message a few weeks ago. Just all of those those things. So we're looking at ways that we can. teach kids where they're at um, but also hear their questions um, and encourage a space where they feel comfortable to be sharing questions but we hope to have a cycle of, uh, of teaching that will uh, repeat every two or three years so that our kids are hearing stories at a young preschooler level and then coming back to them two or three years later as they have grown, as they have developed, um, as they have new experiences and looking at them again and then coming back to them another two or three years later and, and looking at them again from from where they are. Um, And yeah, continuing that into their young adulthood.
0: Yeah. And we're very much embracing sort of the Bible project model that says the Bible in its entirety is this big story that points to Jesus. So how is it that we don't just pull out the stories of Jesus and tell kids, but actually go, no, no, this whole story moves in this direction towards Jesus. Um, Isaac, with this idea, uh, the importance of sort of content being appropriate for just ages and stages of life. Obviously, what we're sharing with kindy kids is different to uh, the questions high school kids would have. Um, for you, the importance of just having space for young people and teenagers to have questions?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And especially like we try and have that at uh, at DIG, just having spots where we can just listen, listen to what kids have to say, the questions that they bring. Um, you know, we've got a large um, percentage of community kids that come along. So actually just creating space for them to be like, I don't know, I don't get this God guy, or why should I follow him? You know, and that sort of thing. Um, Creating those spaces where kids feel comfortable to ask questions. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I do this all the time, so if it frustrates you, sorry, but I'm still going to do it. Turn to the person next to you and say, God's not scared of your questions. God is not scared of your questions, nor is he scared of the questions of our kids. So we don't want to push questions to the side, but go, hang on a minute. We believe that the Bible does lead to Jesus. So let's talk about it. Let's get in the messy middle and try and answer these questions. All right, our next thing uh, to accompany this curriculum is to map um, a discipleship pathway from birth to adulthood. And in this, we've identified just a whole bunch of sort of milestone moments. So starting school, um, the age where your parents shift from being your main influence to your peers, and finishing high school, finishing school, uni, uh, dating, marriage, kids, sort of going, how is it that we um, journey with people as they walk through all these different stages of life, Um, And a big thing here, Libby, we have talked about is um, how do we empower uh, people, but also how do we journey with and help sort of facilitate moments in these significant stages of life? Um, So we've talked about things like young marriage course or parenting, going, hey, we're going to try and do something around this particular topic on parenting. As a parent yourself... um, what are your thoughts on that? Is that helpful? Is it annoying? Or the questions you have?
1: Yeah, look, um, uh, to be brutally honest, becoming a parent was one of the biggest, um, I think, challenges to my faith that I've ever had. And I'm not sure that I was fully prepared for um, the idea that I have this small child and I, for all of my life I found it quite easy to um, commit myself to God and say, you know, God, everything I have is yours. I found it quite easy to commit my husband to God. (laughs) But um, birthing birthing my own child and then having something so tiny and so precious and saying, I completely commit this child to you was a massive uh, shake to my faith. And... um, and yeah, that was really huge. And I think there's so many moments um, of that throughout parenthood. You know, it, it never stops parenting, right? You know, once you're a grandparent and, you know, to, to the end of your life, once you've been a parent, you are always a parent and you always have responsibility for these young people. And um, it's a huge journey and it's something that I'm not even sure if we really can prepare people for it. But um, yeah, we want to intentionally be thinking about ways that we might.
0: Yeah. And even that sense of there's a whole bunch of us on this journey together. So let's...
1: Get them in Put room all our together. problems in one room. Go
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, from there. Um, Isaac, another part of this is not only how we journey with people in these key moments, but also how we identify um, sort of key stages of um, adolescence and young adulthood, particularly where we lose people um, for a number of reasons, whether they be big questions or whether it be a lack of connection. Um, for you, your experience coming through the church but also now being a part of facilitating that the importance of um, knowing those moments and thinking through how we connect people is vital.
2: Yeah absolutely and I think that um, also is a big part of the curriculum and how important that is but um, I suppose that the gap between you know uh, teenage years and your young adults years um, was a gap where, where I went through um, and I was lucky enough to have good mates and um, things that kept me coming along to youth and, um, and church, but uh, yeah, that is definitely a stage where we want to look at and we want to know, you know, what, what it is that draws kids in, in those stages, and, and most of the time it's relationships, it's connections that you have um, in the church, and we want to build them from a really young age. Um, we want to be there for kids that, as Isaac said, every stage of their life, um, you know, sparing them on. But, yeah, in those tricky stages where they're kind of, you know, questioning life, what what does it all mean? Am I going to follow this God guy um, just because my parents did or am I going to take this and make it my own faith journey? Um, I think, yeah, in those moments, um, we'd like to work it out, what, what it is that we need to do as a church to support them in those times.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, Our next point was, become an accessible community hub that connects with and cares for local teenagers and their families. So in this next-gen space, going, yes, we want to connect with community youth, which we're seeing at our youth group, which is great, but how do we take it beyond that? And that actually becomes an avenue through which we connect with a whole bunch of people in our community. Now, Isaac, I know this is something particularly close to your heart, in that community engagement. So I want to ask you, um, what does it look like in three years to see this in its fullness? What does it look like for us to truly connect with local teenagers and their families?
2: Yeah, uh, when I dream of that, I am quite excited by um, what could be. Um, You know, it doesn't really matter what we do, um, but the reason behind why we are doing what we're doing. So, you know, we could be running programs throughout the week and just this new vine just being this community hub where kids from local communities are just flocking here because where else would you be on an afternoon or a Friday night or um, there's always stuff going on here, whether it's soccer on the grass field or, um, you know, you've got a gym or whatever that looks like, it doesn't really matter, but, I would just love to see New Vine just be this youth community hub. Um, you know, when we get to that three year stage to see New Vine just flooded with, with youth every day of the week um, and the, the mentality of why else wouldn't you want to be at New Vine because it's a place to be and that's where I'm loved and I'm cared for and yeah, I feel like that is my heart, you know, mm. in projecting what, what could be in the next yeah. three years, yeah.
0: Yeah, there we go. Imagine that. Every afternoon, all the riffraff in one spot. <laughs> It'd be wonderful. No, wouldn't. And Isaac often talks about those things, going, how do we just create a space that the young people want to be at? Um, and through that, we can build relationships, and we can get to know families, and we can meet needs that are um, relevant within our community. Um, Libby, for you, and I know that this is sort of happening already, but there's a bunch of midweek programs that really we are connecting with um, a whole bunch of people through our community already. And that's something that we love, but we want to see you grow as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're in a really, like, prime position here. We have amazing facilities, um, as Isaac said. We already have a couple of groups that are running midweek. We've got our um, Wednesday um, Multicultural Play Group, which has been an awesome way for um, people who come from, even people who have just moved to Australia, they can come, um, English, we have uh, some really committed, um, Paul and Helen, I'm not sure if, oh they are here, Paul and Helen have been doing that, serving in that way so tirelessly for so many years um, and it's a beautiful group that is a really like niche group as well but um, so welcoming and so inviting and it's a way for us to um, meet an, a real need in our community. Our Thursday group is already doing uh, such a good job at just accepting anyone and everyone who comes along with their young kids. That's our Little Vines Playtime. Sophie Soph and Gemma, thank you for that and Karen and Sue. Um, as well, and Colleen, thank you for committing to that every week. Um, and, yeah, we would really just love to continue these, see the, seeing these programs be a place where parents can come and feel um, that support we were talking about, about being in the same room as people who are on the same journey as you, for their kids to be in a place where they're accepted and loved as they are, um, so that we're just spreading that message of, um, yeah, that, that this isn't a scary place. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, if you are lacking any motivation around this idea of New Vine being a community hub, I challenge you to come here on a Thursday morning to Little Vine's playgroup, and you will no doubt have a whole new agenda for what it means to be New Vine, to be Jesus in our community. There are dozens of families and kids here from like 9 o'clock until 3 in the afternoon because they take over the foyer and then they take over the playground and it's lovely for me at least, to see a whole bunch of faces in that space that I've never met before. And New Vine is meeting a need uh, in that area. So, Jem and Soph, can we show our appreciation? And Paul and Helen, those guys are doing such a great job. All right, the last one just this morning we want to draw your attention to. uh, We had a young adult's brekkie yesterday, which was great, and we spent a bit of time dreaming about what the next year would look like. Um... But our young adult sort of goal in this list is that we would build an environment that sees our young adults connected relationally and engaged theologically. So that sense of the importance of community, how do we just create connection? But also the reality that um, there are plenty of studies that would talk of millennials and younger having questions and l- wanting answers and looking for answers. So. The importance of the church, not just trying to divert attention away from them, but actually being willing to engage in the questions. Um, We have an amazing sort of cross-generational church here, which is lovely. And we don't want to create these little pockets where the young adults leave, but actually we embrace um, this cross-generational community because it's rare and it's hard to find that in a lot of spaces. But absolutely, we also want to go... How do we engage our young adults with where they're at? How do we help answer the questions that are relevant for the season of life that they are in? Isaac a moment ago talked about the importance of connection and the importance of realising you're not in this season on your own, but there's a whole bunch of people in that same place with you. And Libby a moment ago shared, and this theme's here too, the importance of not pushing questions to the side, but going... Okay, when I become a parent and all of a sudden I don't know how this hangs together with God and my kid, how do we just create avenues um, where those sort of discussions can happen in a really healthy way? All right. um, Well, that's it. Can you thank these guys? That is um, a little snapshot of what the next couple of years um, are going to look like. And we are very excited uh, by it and for it. And are very honored to be a part of it, but also would love you um, to be a part of it as well. So as we wrap this up, uh, I just want to also say, uh, Libby, Isaac, or myself, um, we would love to chat with you. If there's something you want to know more about or if you're just curious as to how it all hangs together or you've got thoughts or feedback on that sort of stuff, come find us because we would love to chat with you. Um, But as we wrap up, I do just want to share a couple of thoughts. And it is exciting to be a part of a team and a church where you just get to dream what the future could be. And yes, pray and seek God as to what that looks like. But the chance to just dream big and then go, all right, God, help us get there. And we're trusting that by your grace, we will see this thing flourish. Now, yes, it's exciting. And I'm not meaning to burst your bubble of excitement. Um, that our heart to see our young people thrive, um, to grow in their love for God, to grow in their love for others, um, to grow in their understanding of the Bible, doesn't just involve them, it involves you. Um, particularly those of you that are parents, but not exclusively, okay? It involves you as the church. Now, I have two little boys. And um, as any parent would know, it is both such a joy and terrifying to see how quickly they learn and what they pick up. My, our eldest, Josiah, he is um, coming on two in a little while, and he loves his mum a lot. But man, he's got some sass towards her sometimes. So much so that my poor wife was all but 40 weeks pregnant, and when you've got a medicine ball in you it's hard to move and Josiah picked up on that and poor Jess would go to walk up the back steps at our house to which now every time our little boy goes up the back steps he puts his hand on the wall he takes one step and he goes ah and then he looks at Jess and then he goes the next step ah and he looks at Jess again which is horrible but he somehow just picked up that's how you climb stairs Or if I yawn, Josiah goes like this and scratches his head and looks at me, because apparently that's what I do. And kids, they are learning when we have no intention of teaching. That's just what happens. They learn fast. And those of you this morning that are parents no doubt have had these moments. Moments where kids are picking up habits, for better or for worse, and you had no idea that it was happening. Um, So I want to ask you a question. Who has had a child ask them a question to which you thought, I really wish wish you didn't ask that? (laughs) Yeah? Two of you. I don't believe it. Who has had a child ask a question around God or the Bible and you thought, I have no idea? Actually, no, my kids can't talk. (laughs) That's not me. Um, Or maybe as a parent, you have worried or had a fear of your kids walking away from church or a faith community. Or maybe the fear of them walking away from faith altogether and their valid fears. Um, parents, this journey of birth to adulthood we spoke of earlier is one that we as kids' ministry leaders and young adult leaders are really excited to be a part of, but also one that you as parents are hugely influential in. And sure, your kids hit an age where um, you're not their favourite person anymore, joy in mini is. You would be surprised at how common that is. (laughs) Kids get here and they're like, is joy here? Which is so lovely. You get to an age where your kids may be, their sphere of influence is their peers, not you anymore. But I want to ensure you that it is underpinned, even when you can't see it, of all these things that you as parents instilled in them. Um, And that is a huge responsibility but also a huge privilege that you as parents set this foundation within their lives that sure at moments you might not see is there, but I think often as we get older, we realize those things for better or for worse. These sort of underlying principles that we, even without being taught directly, took on from the way that our parents engaged with us, the way that they modeled But with that responsibility comes what if what they saw modeled by you as a parent and what was spoken don't add up? What do they do with that? Or what if there was never a space for questions? Well, maybe they'll just stop questioning. Maybe they'll shut off that um, relation, that aspect of the relationship. And often um, we as adults are having a hard enough time trying to figure out what it means to follow Jesus, let alone try and help someone else in that process and try and guide children in that place. And whilst we are, in, are by no means claiming to be experts in that space, anything but, as a church, we want to be alongside you and with you in this parenting journey. We want to journey with you and are just as passionate about seeing your children journey towards loving Jesus, journeying towards figuring out what it means to follow Jesus, helping them understand the bigger story of the Bible. It is our heart to see our children's ministry thrive, but just as much we want to see you as parents thrive. So we are asking you to join us on this journey next year. Helping us in it because, tying into what DJ said last week, as the city thrives, you thrive. As our church thrives, you thrive. As your family thrives, you thrive. Those last two aren't from Jeremiah, just in case you're going to fact check me. Um, But this idea of as you flourish, as we flourish, everything gets better. So yes, we want to invest in your kids, but we want to see you as adults and your family unit flourish. So very quickly, I want to just draw your attention to a passage. Many of you will be very familiar with it. Matthew 19. It's titled, The Little Children and Jesus. Verse 13. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to, to such as these. He then placed his hands on them, and he went from there. We read the same story in Mark chapter 10, uh, but the language is a little stronger. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Jesus just isn't bringing a little bit of correction here to the disciples. He's angry similar passages uh, in Matthew and Mark where Jesus drives people out of the temple Jesus is not happy at this attitude of children being pushed to the side now most interpretations of this would say that children here isn't just talking about kids but it's encapsulating in that culture um anyone that's pushed to the side So kids in that culture, women were pushed to the side. The sick or the lame or the disabled were pushed to the side. And Jesus is going, hey, don't push those people to the side. Don't create obstacles between those people and me. And then we see Jesus bring these children in. Verse 15, he places his hands on them and he blesses them. So what I just want us as a church very quickly to eyeball is that Jesus doesn't just tolerate kids being in his midst, but he embraces them in a way. He invites them in. He blesses them as we read. And now maybe this morning you are out of the kids stage. Maybe you're thinking the kids are gone, the house is empty, I'm done. Sorry, you're not. Maybe... You are way past the kids kids stage. Maybe you really hate maracas. I don't know what it is. Maybe you don't have kids for yourself. And you might be sitting there thinking, they're putting a whole lot of energy into this kids stuff, and it's not relevant for me. But I want to challenge you this morning and say it's incredibly relevant for you. Because as we embrace the character of Jesus, we embrace kids. We embrace those that society will often put on the fringes. It involves all of us. And it needs all of us to see it flourish. So, here's a challenge for you. If every adult in our church was willing to jump in kids' ministry one Sunday a year, we would fill our kids' roster four times over which would be rostering heaven for Libby. But the point here isn't that it would fill the roster. Okay, Yes, that would be helpful, but that's not the point. The point is what it says about the culture of our church, that adults value kids, that adults want to see the kids in our midst thrive and flourish, that even if you don't feel like a kid's person, even if you hate tambourines, that you are willing... To invest in kids because it's important and because it's what we see Jesus do. So, I want to challenge you this morning to go, What is your role in this next gen space? And I urge you to allow it to be more than just tolerance, more than just, Yeah, well, they can do their kids' things and I'll be a part of it. But, what role do you play? In seeing the kids of our church grow in their understanding of Jesus. Grow in what it means to reflect Jesus. Grow in what it means to love others. Because as our church flourishes, we all flourish. As the city prospers, we all prosper. So I'm going to invite the music team up. I'm going to encourage you to think through what your role might be in the next gen space. And don't for a moment think that you don't have anything to offer. You don't have to do kids' talks or run games. Maybe it's just being present. Okay. Maybe it's hosting a life group. Maybe it's helping facilitate a game of soccer. But I encourage you to prioritise children the way that we see Jesus do in this passage. So Father, we thank you for the children of our church. God, as we often say, we thank you that they are not the church of tomorrow, but the church of today. And may we as adults engage with them in a way that indicates that. God, may we not put anything that might be a stumbling block between them and you, but do everything that we can in the hope that these kids would understand that there's a God who loves them. There's a God who wants nothing more than to know them. A God whose desire that they would know his grace and his mercy and his love towards them. God, in the same way, would we as adults show those things to the kids in our midst? Would we love them? Would we be patient and gracious? May we be joyful at the fact that there are kids in this church wrestling and trying to figure out what it means to follow Jesus and we have the privilege of being a part of that journey. Amen.